Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Hi guys, welcome back to another video here. Today I'd like to talk about uh, the spirals of devaluation that we would all have gone through if we've been with a narcissist. And the reason the reason I want to go into these things for all of us is because after we've gotten out of these relationships, it's really important and very useful to clarify the confusion so that we can disassociate from the cr criticisms, the unfair criticisms and the cruelty in order to heal and understand what we went through. So from that point of view, it's good to have a full understanding of what narcissistic abuse, narcissistic abuse is to help us speed up and fully heal from the experience. So it's like identifying your part in the interaction, but understanding exactly what you are interacting with in order to do that. So without further ado, the narcissist will go through, I've broken it down here, the narcissist will go through a few different stages in the devaluation process. And let's just take it from the beginning. The start of the relationship when the narcissist has a target in its sights the narcissist will overvalue that target. And, you know, we all are familiar, I'm sure at this stage with the love bombing, but you'll be overvalidated in that they'll overpraise everything and everything about you will seem truly wonderful, the best possible. And you will, even your faults will be praised by the narcissist in this stage when they're in the overvaluation stage. And honestly, they do it very well because they kind of mean it at the time because they see you as the solution to all of their problems and they see you as the way they can get their needs met and become happy. You know, finally, they're going to become happy because of their relationship that they want to start with you. So obviously it's a fantastic experience for initially for the target of the narcissist because you feel so fully validated um, and you do feel, you know, you build your trust up with this person. And it seems, again, I'll coin that phrase, too good to be true because it is too good to be true. It happens too quickly and it's too much of an overvaluation. There is very little that the narcissist sees wrong, if anything, with you. So it's a strange, it's a strange and addictive um, part of the cycle. Now, the next part of the cycle is, and these these cycles I'd like to, to, to put forward to you, if you can imagine, the cycles kind of, go in a spiral. So you're going to have a starting point and you're going to have one cycle and two cycles and three cycles of this valuation and devaluation stages until you get to the end 
of the spiral. So imagine a springy spiral and you're going to go through all these different uh, phases of devaluation and revaluation with the narcissist until finally you'll get the discard and then they go into their their bigger cycle of um discard hoover um and revaluation and devaluation and then you'll have the mini cycles in in between of these re these devaluations and revaluations within the big cycle of the meeting you and the discard and the hoovering you and going through those big cycles again. So that's the way it's kind of easy enough to understand it. So while you're in the narcissist's big cycle, which we call the transaction ship or the relationship with the narcissist, from the time that they start off with you to the time that they discard you to the time that they hoover you to the time that they start off with you a second time. Inside this big, big round circle is all this, I call it a series of games where they will have built you up to take you down, to build you up, to take you down. And it's all kind of to push and pump more supply out of you. When does the devaluation start? After this wonderful phase when they've built you up and they've told you everything is fantastic about you and everything that you have is fantastic, etc., etc. I'm going to take um, an example just to make it simple to understand. Um, they can value anything about you, like it can be about your appearance, it can be about whatever, but I'm going to take your house. I have experience with this, so it's easier to kind of take something that you, you know, that you've had direct experience with. So, when they come into the relationship, just taking a house, supposing you are in a house, it's you have a house and they'll come into it and they'll say, oh, my goodness, this is a fantastic house. Wow. The location is amazing. The size is amazing. And I love the way you've decorated it. It's really, really tasteful and it's gorgeous. This is just amazing. And we can we can really enjoy ourselves here and we can do so much with it and all that kind of stuff. So that's the overvaluation stage. Now, when the narcissist has been in the relationship with you for a certain period of time, and from what I've learned, I mean, there are long term relationships with narcissists like over 20 years. But if you're doing a normal kind of a cycle, which would be anything from one to five years normally. And don't quote me on this, guys, but it comes up a lot that the normal kind of time scale is about the six month stage when the narcissist is feeling kind of let down, like they they can't reach that peak of what they expected to get from you. Um, unrealistically, they expected you to be a miracle worker to make them feel um, happier than they'd ever been before. This is what they thought was going to happen. And they see realities. They see the normal things, the nor normalities in people, imperfections in different, you know, interactions in you or whatever. And to be imperfect is to be human. But remember the narcissist, for the narcissist, this is not acceptable. Everything has to be in their mind. More than perfect. Um, because they are godlike and they deserve only the best. They are superior and they deserve all things superior. 
So when there, there are a few levels begin to get a bit stale with you and they become a bit disillusioned, they then, and they also, they can't get happy enough with you. They can't get that miracle cure, for want of a better word, that you were meant to offer them. And at the same time, when they're being disgruntled, they're seeing you being totally happy, happier maybe and blossoming than you've ever blossomed before because they've been tending to you. They've been watering you and feeding you with all this validation. And you're probably in at the height of your happiness at this stage. And so they envy that and they need to pick faults with you to take you down off your peg or down off your pedestal because they're not feeling like that and they're jealous and they see it coming easy to you and they don't like it and they feel you've let them down and you're the one that's laughing all the way to whatever, to the bank or, you know, whatever. So they need to take you down a peg so that they can feel better about themselves so again, I'm going to take the house at this in this instance. They'll start to then say, and again, it can be looks or anything, but let's say they've overpraised your, your house. They begin to pick false with the house and say, um, that decor scheme is really dated. You know, it, it's quite, it's kind of a bit ugly. And, you know, it'd be maybe advisable. I mean, have you not thought, about changing it ever like is it how long has it been like this it's a bit grubby isn't it and you you you'll be very confused you'll be saying oh what like I thought you love this you said that you really like that style and you know you said you said you really like the colors and, and you you praise me initially for my taste so when you say this to them they'll kind of go yeah I did think that in the beginning and that's actually the truth, because everything about you was wonderful at that stage. But then they'll say, but realistically, I mean, it probably is a long time since you decorated. And, it, you know, like, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but it is a bit dated. And, you know, what do you think? Would you like to redecorate? We could do an awful lot with it, an awful lot better. So that's, you see, it's very subtle and it's put across in a kind of a let's do something together. Uh, let's build something. Let's freshen it up. You, it's kind of passive aggressive. You're a bit dated. Uh, you let it get a bit grubby. Maybe you're a bit grubby. Now, you know, some people might say, well, that's being oversensitive. But I'm just giving you one example They'll not only be doing this with one thing, they'll be doing it in a lot of other ways. They'll be devaluing maybe your friends, your family, your work, um, how you look. It'll all be part of a package. So it's never really at that stage. It's never too hard on. But the cumulative effect of all the subtle devaluation is taking you slap off your pedestal and is putting you where you belong so you don't dare to be so happy the narcissist is now pumping the chest out and you know being the superior one who knows better who has better taste who you need to listen to if you're you know going to get on and if the relationship's going to progress so this is the devaluation now if it gets to a point where they're very buoyed up on your devaluation and they still want to continue in the relationship 
and you're getting very demotivated and you're not functioning and you're not pumping out the fuel, they'll then give you another taste of um, valuation. It won't be the overvaluation you got in the very beginning to hook you, but it'll bring you back up to a level where you feel you're getting your drug again, where you're feeling good again and you are reminded of what it felt like initially. And you think, here we go again now, you know, everything's good. And sure, look, we're building towards something. And sure, maybe the narcissist was right. We'll redecorate and it'll be great and all this. And you put a good spin on it to move yourself forward until the next spiral of devaluation comes again. So, guys, the very... The very real then devaluation when they've gone through all their mini cycles of devaluation will normally come at the time that you escape or you're discarded. And at that stage, there are no holes barred. The narcissist is, whoa, I want to get this off my chest. What I really felt all along. Now you're going to get the truth. Now I'm going to be able to tell you, you know, to spew it all out what I really think of you because at the stage where they're ready to go where they're ready to let you go this isn't so much on the escape side but when they're discarding you here comes here comes what they overvalued initially I'm so glad to be getting out of this kip this is just a kip and uh sorry I got this (laughs) this house is a kip and Oh, this place, this town, you know, are the people in it and it's so far away from everything. And I never want to be reminded of this place again. And that's it's like I can laugh now. But at the time, you know, it's part of your say your discard. Everything, everything is bad about you. Even if what can I say? Even if. Maybe you had uh, won an Olympic medal. At that stage, the narcissist would say, you must have cheated to win that medal. And look, you were, you know, the other person, all your opponents, two of them had injuries. And, you know, so look at the stage when the narcissist is going to devalue you fully. You haven't a hope because they're on to better things. Like, guys, they're so superior. You know, you trick them, you fool them, you know, you pull the wool over their eyes, even though they could see taking, for example, taking the house. Um, for example, even though they could see that example, it was your fault that you conned them into getting them into a relationship with you. The other thing, the final thing now taking the house is that, if you do talk to the narcissist after that, like for say maybe a, when they're doing a Hoover and you do engage in the Hoover, they will then try and convince you. Or if you're talking to them after they've discarded you or you're not sure if there's a discard going on or if you're leaving them or they're, they're leaving you and you have communication with them, say a month after the discard or whatever, they will try and convince you to say, then sell the item, like sell the house. Because if they're not going to to be with you and benefit from it, even though it's a kip, remember, they don't want you to have it. So they'll try and even at that stage, so that they can kind of, if you let them get into your head, 
they can try then and persuade you that it would be better for you to get rid of it. And, you know, you don't need something like that. You know, get yourself some nice small place that I won't be envious of you having. Because if they set out with an intention when they met you, even if it's subconscious and they're not aware of the intention, although I do believe if they're coming after some status or residual benefit, as our friend H.D. Tudor says, which is a good way of describing monetary things, financial things, property, etc. If they're after that, I do believe that they are quite conscious in their choice of target for that. So again, anyway, at the end, they don't want you to be left with what they came towards you to benefit from because it irks at them, particularly if they haven't gone on to do better. Now, when they're leaving you, they're sure they're out of this kip and they're going on to the castle, which is where, you know, where they belong. They belong in the castle and they they belong uh, in a higher place. That's the craziness of this disorder. And I mean, they can find themselves even in a position where, you know, they think that the grass is greener on the other side. They can find themselves in dreadful positions, making huge mistakes, wholly unthought out uh, decisions. And with this magical thinking and this godlike feeling of superiority where they have to feel superior and this cruel desire to put other people down, off they go to something far worse, which is sad. And it's 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 a, it's a personality disorder, guys. It's so disordered and it's so messed up and nobody benefits from it. Not the people they target and not the narcissists, even though they may seem to initially, they don't. So, guys, that's all I have to say for this video. Um, the next video I'm going to do is because I had an experience recently, I'd like to share it with you. It's how to recognize a one-off interaction with a narcissist, how to recognize an interaction that you're having, say over the phone or dealing with somebody in a shop or in a restaurant who is highly narcissistic and just how to recognize that and also a few tips on maybe how to deal with it. So we get into that next time. And in the meantime, Take care. I'll see you soon. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.